Welcome to Dudes of Hazards Radio. I'm your founder and host, Donnie McCarty. On today's episode, we have Kate Pope joining us and Will Shelton. Kate, why don't you go ahead and say hey to the dudes. What's up, dudes? I'm happy to be here with this first time ever being on this podcast. I'm really looking forward to getting into it with y'all. Glad you came on, man. Will, how's it going today, bud? Hey, it's good to be back on, guys. Like I said, uh, just kind of disregard me. I'm just here to make sure everyone's cup stays full. Will, that's the vital part of the podcast, crucial for success, and so glad that you're willing to take on the hardship and that burden. Absolutely. It's made for me. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, let's go ahead and jump into a podcast rundown just so you guys know what to expect on today's episode. Uh, We're going to have a little quick conversation with Kay just to get to know a couple things about him to get this pod started. We'll then run into some league notes. After that, I got a little recording that me and Ian had about um, maybe about a week ago before we're recording this about the live situation and the PGA and just kind of what we thought about that. We then are going to jump into our normal interview questions that we do with Cade. We got some real fun ones on the way. Uh, Cade, uh, for those of you guys that don't know, he's been one of the inaugural members, is at a lot of tournaments, a great guy. I know. Uh, hopefully he agrees with this, but I've had some great golf memories with Cade, um, and I'm sure we're going to dive into that and get to talk about that. Um, we originally were going to have a phone call with Will, but Will said, hey, boys, uh, scratch the phone call. I'm coming into the pod. So drove in from North Carolina this morning, got here a little early, and uh, like I said, he's going to make sure to do his part to make sure we're having a great time on here. And then lastly, uh, after that, we're just going to go ahead and wrap it up with our hazard time. And that's where we're just going to throw five minutes of rapid-fire questions at each other, kind of to see how that rolls, and it should be a pretty fun pod. So, uh, Cade, how are you doing today? I'm pretty good, man. How about you? Doing good. I know uh, this is your first time on here. It's probably a little nervous, going to get used to it, but I think you're going to have a great time. So for sure. Awesome. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, what you do. Where do you work? Where are you going to school? What does that look like for you, Cade? So um, I currently work at uh, Chick-fil-A on People Street, and um, I'm going to school. This will be my senior year at ETSU. I'm uh, majoring in biomedical engineering technology, and um, it's coming to an end. I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so it's, it's pretty crazy. Well, that sounds smart. <laughs> I went and got like the most basic generic business degree because I was like, I hate school, and then Cade's over here like, I'm a nerd, but a nerd that can play some golf. So, uh, Cade, how long have you been playing golf for? Um, About really my whole life. My father put a club in my hand when I was three years old. I have pictures of me back down in Florida where I used to live with a club in my hand when I was like, you know, a little turd. Yeah. But um, I really picked it up in middle school. Um, I loved baseball but never made the baseball team in middle school. Then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stick with golf. Then I just fell in love with the sport and stuck with it ever since. So definitely eight, nine years at least of like really competitive playing and, and really enjoying it. So that's awesome, dude. I, uh, you know, not, not knocking on baseball. It was never really my sport. I mean, and growing up, neither was golf. But uh, I'm sure now where you're looking at life and realizing how golf can be a lifelong sport, I'm sure you're probably pretty glad that you started to pick the clubs up oh, at yeah. a younger age. Definitely, definitely. That was what my father would tell me all the time. He's like, you picked a sport that you could play the rest of your life. Yep. So I'm really happy with my decision. I mean, basically, when you look at that, you either had golf or bowling on your hands. <laughs> and I think uh, one of them is substantially more fun than the other. So, For sure. Um, What's your uh, best score, Cade? You can play. Um, so my best score I ever shot was a 71 at Buffalo Valley. It's um, closed down now, so there's some good memories made there. It's definitely my best round. Had three eagles in one round. 
Jeez. Yeah. Not relatable. <laughs> yeah, that's where I learned how to, where to play. Really? I was going to say, I know, yeah. Will, when you came on for your episode a couple weeks ago, we talked about like some of your favorite golf memories, and you said Buffalo Valley, getting to play with your dad out there and stuff. And so that's that's kind of neat that Absolutely. Kate has a good moment out there. Yeah, did, you sure. ever, did you ever shoot the, that well out there at Buffalo Valley? Yeah, on the front nine, I shot a 71. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely not for 18, he's yeah. saying. Um, Cade, what's your uh, favorite course? Diamond Creek. Definitely, for sure. That is my by far favorite, and um, it'll be very hard to change that. Yep. So, uh, you know, it has a lot of special memories there. Um, a lot of people I met there, connections, and, um, tr- you know, truly grateful to be a part of that out there. So. Oh, absolutely. Really and awesome. uh, and on top of all the memories, the connection, I heard it's a halfway decent course itself, too. Oh, yeah, it's a top 100. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sure. not uh, just top 100 public. public that's top 100 yeah. all over. Country. I think it fell, fell in at 89 on this most, 81, 89, yeah, uh, on this that. most uh, recent Golf Digest mm-hmm. issue that came out for their, like, biannual uh, ranking. So that's, that says a lot. Diamond Creek, uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later, but I can attest to that. That is a special place, to say the absolute least. Um, all right, well, let's take a little break from Cade, give him a second, and then uh, I'm going to cover some league notes that we have coming up, and we'll talk about these. So July 8th through the 10th, the Canton, North Carolina, for the match play tournament. Uh, the field set for that, we got 16 guys going. That's going to be an absolute bloodbath over three days to have someone stand up on top. We got uh, five matches set for Saturday to seed. Uh, we're doing a little pod play, so it'll be four pods of four based off of your five rounds. The top two move out of the pods and into single elimination nine-hole matches for Sunday. And we'll have eight people make that, and we'll work our way down from eight to one. And we're going to have someone um, being crowned the second match play champion. Unfortunately, Justin Fawn is still going to be out in the field sweating it, doing some Army Ranger training. And so he will not be uh, there to defend his title, but uh, – I'm sure whoever wins, they're going to have their work cut out for them. Like I said, we got a really deep field uh, for that one. After that, uh, August 5th through the 7th, we have the battle at Crossville. That's going to be uh, some four-man teams, just mainly some scramble formats, whether it's a four-man scramble or two-man scramble. Just uh, That's going to be a good one for the guys to go down. Very low pressure. Um, just kind of come down, have a good time with the dudes, have some camaraderie in play, some golf at some good courses. Uh, after that, we switch back into a more competitive tournament, the second two-man championship, September 3rd through the 5th. Um, that's going to be interesting. Last year, we had uh, Zach Hill and Corey Smart team up together, and they ended up winning that. But this year, they're taking different partners. So it should be interesting to see how that goes if one of them can repeat. So some people are bringing in some high-caliber talent. Uh, some people are bringing in some buddies that they're just going to have fun with out there for the day. But I've seen a lot of these guys that are single digits. They're finding their guys that are scratch players or even better and bringing them out. And so um, I think the name of the game is going to be go low there if you want to have a chance to win. So really looking forward to that one. But that kind of wraps up our league notes. Those are just our events coming up over the next few months. Really kind of getting into the meat of the schedule right now and uh, just a lot of fun golf ahead of us. So. Let's go ahead and take a quick break and listen to uh, an ad from one of our sponsors. 
For those of you that might, um, you know, you play this game of golf and you find that that back gets a little sore, a little tight, or maybe you're just not feeling perfectly aligned, uh, there's a solution to that. It's called Piney Flats Chiropractic. Um, if you want to go ahead and get your body in the best optimal shape to play this game of golf and to live your best and healthy lifestyle, you're going to go ahead and visit Dr. Sherry Wingate at Piney Flats Chiropractic. Um, that's located in Piney Flats, Tennessee. She does a great job. Um, she works with a couple of league members already in keeping and making sure that their body is in tip-top shape to play this great game that we always love. So again, if uh, you're looking to get that body aligned and in top tip-top shape, go ahead, go ahead and see her. She's one of the proud sponsors of the Dudes of Hazards, and we are glad to have her as a league partner and a league sponsor. Now go ahead and go back to the episode. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and cut away from the podcast just for a, a little bit, and we're going to go ahead and listen to a conversation that me and Ian had recorded after a day of practice at the Johnson City Country Club. We sat down on the patio and just got to discuss a little bit of the PGA Tour Live uh, Golf League drama. Let's go ahead and listen to that. Man, this is a... Uh... I don't know. I, there's so much going on. I don't really know what to take away from it. Um, I'll tell you this. Okay, I'm trying to find like a good way to like give a synopsis of my thoughts on it. On the way here, I tried just to be like relevant in the discussion. I tried to pull up w- what the scores were from today. Yep. I pull up livegolf.com. There, you can't find a leaderboard. There's no leaderboard. Like, this is just all thrown together so fast. I feel like Donnie and I just did more preparation for the match play <laughs> in Canton than, than Greg Norman has done in six months for this live golf thing in London. I just don't understand. I don't understand really what's going on. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts on it. It's interesting. Um, I know it's very polarizing, but I, it's just weird. It just feels weird. Sure. So we look at some of the guys that have that they've already go ahead and, and uh, they've acquired basically from the PGA Tour. You see yep. Phil Mickelson, saw Patrick Reed, uh, Dustin Johnson, DJ. obviously the headliner. Um, I don't know if officially is Bryson actually. Bryson's in. Bryson's in. Bryson's in. And then some of the older guys we have Lee Westwood, Ian Poulter, um, Louis Louis Ustazen. You know that's a guy Louis Ustazen. I always feel like is super boring to watch but he can play golf and he's, and he's made a fortune playing golf yeah. and he came out and said i feel like a lot of guys are throwing in these kind of like caveats after they've signed on to this thing louie was one that said he was like well you know i'm about to turn 40 and i've always said after i turn 40 i want to quit golf and do something else <laughs> it's like well you're not like working on your farm in south africa you've moved on to the you're still playing golf you are so they're all just kind of like making these excuses and I don't know. I, I have very conflicting thoughts on even if these guys need to be making excuses or not. Sure. I, I don't know. I, like, I, I how feel about like just do something? Just do it. If you want to do it, just do it. I, yeah. don't, I, don't, I don't know. Do you think that's the social media age to where everyone feels like they have to give a justification for their reason for doing something? Or where do you think that falls? I feel like people are demanding them give a justification. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of them don't really know what to say because it's very very obvious and i i can't understand it uh you know i'm not without my sins or whatever and it's like listen if i was a professional golfer and somebody said to me i'm gonna pay you 30 million dollars guaranteed up front to play in my league instead of the one you're playing and every purse for these tournaments is going to be 10 times what they are on the pga tour 
Like, I don't know how you can, it, it'd, be, it'd be tough to say no. And a lot, I know a lot of people are like, kind of on this moral high ground about it, but you haven't been asked that question. You haven't. You, no one has come to you with that kind of money. And I think it's a much difficult, much more difficult conversation to have with yourself if someone, you know, writes that blank check and puts it in front of you. Oh, that's definitely one of those hypothetical. Every, everyone can take the the obvious moral high ground and ethical choice there, but at the end of the day, yeah, you you weren't the one fronted with honestly life changing money for some of these guys because it's easy to remember. There's the, the Dustin Johnsons and the Phil Mickelsons that are coming over grabbing these big bags, but there's some of these guys that are amateurs and some of these guys that have been on yeah. the DP World Tour that just barely floating along and they're grabbing paychecks. Is is life changing money for them and their family for generations? I mean, and look at look at all the look at the, all the like world number one amateurs. They go on the Corn Ferry Tour and never make it. Yeah, right. They and never. They don't. No money. They're the they're the studs high school, college, yep. amateur amateur careers. They look like the best it's ever been. But then it never it never turns in anything and then they're presented a, an opportunity to say, "Hey, listen. We're going to we're going to take all that guesswork out. Yep. We're going to throw this money at you, sign on with us. It'd be hard to it's like, do you I, I know a lot of people are saying like the phrase like these guys aren't aren't they don't have the balls to bet on themselves. I, I get that. I understand yep. that. Yep. But at the same time, it's like, man, it's hard to turn that down. And can we throw a major asterisk out and say that both, neither one of us, like, agree with yeah, absolutely. The, the, the social decisions that the 100. Saudi government say? We're yeah. not, like, signing on with that. We don't agree with that. It's off, just Off record, we were talking about this before we recorded, and we both said, if it wasn't the fact that it was ran by the Saudi government, there would be just, like, if this was just, like, the French government putting this up, no one would say a word. No. Like, it would just be like, oh, that's great. Right. But it, the only gray area comes is because it's, like, this money where it's coming from. I mean, it, it, it is dirty money. It, it's, um, uh, yeah. It, but, like, at the end of the day, yeah, it, it's very easy for people to sit back in moral grandstand and, and take these high roads when they're they're not the ones put in these situations. And uh, it, it's been interesting to see the shakeup. And so, I mean, I guess, you know, we could talk all day about the ethics behind this, but let, let's talk a little bit more about, so they've grabbed some players. They've grabbed some players. And what I think is really interesting is that if you took the Saudi thing out, this format, this, this has the potential to oh. be really, really cool. I think so. This has potential to be really, really cool having these teams. Now, apparently, here's the thing. We don't really know what the hell is going on. No. Are, are they shaking <laughs> yeah. up the teams every week? or every? I, I mean, every event. I know they're not doing weekly stuff, but I think, are they going to keep the same captains? I think so. That, that I don't seems... think they're keeping the same teams, though. Okay. I think the teams are going to change and shuffle around. So is Sergio just, like, the <laughs> captain of the Fireballs forever? Or is that going to change? Like, is he not going to be the captain when they go to Portland in a few weeks? Sure. I don't, I don't really understand. No, There's just so many weird things going on that no one has an answer for. Oh, Sergio's funny. I, I love that that shot he hit, and he basically was like, fuck the tour. And like, yeah, like, like, I can't wait to get out yeah, of here. Yeah, he was like, I'm, I'm so out of here. So that, that was funny hearing. Like, he was obviously out of here, but. And then you can't find a leaderboard. I, I don't understand. No one has, like, maybe I haven't been paying enough attention, but I feel like I would have seen this as much as I pay attention to golf. I don't understand Same. the scoring. Yep. I was looking at it today, and um, I, I had no idea how they were coming up with the score for the group. Like, I couldn't do the math in my head. 
Like something's I, not right here. Yeah, I worked all day, so I didn't really get a chance to look at it. But after this, I, I will kind of dive into it because I am kind of curious to see really like like what's actually deciding how these teams score. And I think that's an interesting point. Like, yeah, is this going to be the same team for the whole year, or are we redrafting after every redrafting event? every time, reshuffling? Because there's going to be guys that commit to the Portland event that aren't in on this one. Absolutely. There's yeah, going to be a, a lot. Like, There's that 48-person field, but there's going to be more people than 48 on the Live Golf Tour. And there are there are some, apparently, there are some big names. I think so. That are waiting in the weeds. Uh, you yeah. know, this is going to continue. I mean, there's all, and if you think about it, it's not like, it's not like these guys that join the Saudi League are, like, going to get thrown in jail. No. Like, they don't really care, and... Just like every other thing that we've ever seen, the 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 social media outlash or whatever is going to like subside. It will. It'll yep. die down. It and will. when that happens, and and you've got, I'm just using an example. I'm not saying he's going to go, but you've got like Jordan Spieth sitting over here playing in Houston, and he looks across at this other league, and these guys are making ten times what he's making. And they're not even winning the tournaments, you know. They're they're making a million bucks to come in a top ten, and he's getting thirty bucks to make a cut or thirty thousand to make a cut. It's like, at what point are you saying, wait, what am I doing over here with these guys? I don't know. I, I think it's gonna be interesting. I think the I think when Dustin Johnson signed on, I that think was the, the floodgates I, opened. I think it did. Like when I saw that name, uh, I said, okay, you know, I I pay attention to golf, but even people that don't pay attention to golf, they they they've heard the name Dustin Johnson. They yeah. they know that name. He's not Tiger Woods. But they know that name, and there's gonna be more. Like I'll be honest, I'm not saying it's even gonna be him, but like I see these Colin Morikawa's, the Victor Hovlands, yeah, for these sure. guys. These guys can. They're so young. How much money can they make on this tour over the next five to ten years? They're not gonna make Tiger money, and Dustin Johnson just made Tiger money. He did overnight. Yep. And it's yeah. I, I think it's gonna be interesting, and I think. Uh, I said it too. That letter that Jay Monahan put out that just looked bitchy and childish oh. from the get. Like that, I was like, who let him send this out? The letter Did battles he, between Greg Norman and Jay Monahan have been pretty funny. They have They've been. been. It's pretty been entertaining. Funny. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, dude. There's there's a lot to uh, unpack over this, and it'll be interesting just to see over the next couple weeks and months. It will because you never know. This could flame out in two years. It could. You know, if they never get a TV contract. And the Saudis get tired of just like thirty-five thousand people at a time streaming it on YouTube or less. If this yeah. just kind of like loses interest, this might flame out. I, I don't. What, what, oh no, it's interesting. So if I ask you right now, in five years, are we still talking about the Live Tour versus the PGA? Or yeah. I think so. I think it's still there. I think there's too much money, and I think that the U.S. Open this week essentially conceding and saying yep. we're going to let these guys play in this major. The Masters apparently is taking a different stance. Mm. I don't know it, how much weight, how much like how true that is. Yep. Um, and I don't know how much of a stance they can take. You know, it's like it's not like the Masters wants to see their field strength get cut in half. No, you know, it's not like okay, we're gonna, we're not gonna, and it, it will. Another interesting statistic this week, it's like, look at all the Masters champions that just signed on. Yeah, Dustin Johnson, Sergio, uh, Patrick Reed. You've got apparently uh, Danny Willett is very interested. Bubba Watson's very interested. I mean, just go down the list. I know I'm forgetting a few. Oh, I, I but, wouldn't surprise me at all for Bubba to go. But no, I mean I, he's I, been I, very, he's been very rumored yeah. to be interested in this. Um, you know, it's like. 
okay, you just lost, you're not going to let those guys come to the champions dinner anymore. They're not going to play anymore. Like you just killed a big part of your tradition and the masters is all about tradition. If the U S open stays open, how does the British open not stay open? I know the RNA and the USGA are different, but it's kind of the same philosophy. I, I feel like they'll, it's just like weird. It's just, it's just, it's just strange. It's it, just strange. It's, it it's, it's, it's interesting to see how it's going to play out. I think the right move, at least for now was to let everyone that qualified for the U S open to play. Had to. I, I, I yes. think if you didn't, that would just look petty, childish, and vengeful. Right. And at that point, you're just going to uh, steer more people away from the tour. And I, and again, this was kind of an off-record thing that we're referencing, but we talked about it. I, where you know, I didn't really start playing golf till about three years ago. I didn't even start watching golf until after that. And so I don't have this like, again, the live tour. Lots of questionable stuff to talk about. It's money and where it's coming from. But, like, I don't have this diehard allegiance to the PGA Tour and Tiger Woods. Like, I didn't grow up and watching these amazing runs that he had through the early thousands and getting ramped up. Like, I like Rory McIlroy. I actually really like Phil Mickelson. Yeah. And I am a believer in, as someone who at points in my life has said and done wrong things that I don't entirely think reflect my character— I'm okay with giving people like Phil Mickelson in the past when they have a camera in front of their face for every day and every statement. Like well, sometimes you're just going to say some things that maybe you just wish you hadn't. I, know, I understand that. I know a lot of us are saying things like, oh, good riddance to these guys. You know, you don't need to be like, but at the same time, does it, do any of us like really give a shit about the Sanderson or the Houston Open no. or the like even Colonial? Like, no, there's like a hand. I, I like we watch Memorial. I watch Riviera. Watch the majors. There's a handful of PGA Tour events. Yep. Um, even the WGCs can be boring as shit. Oh, they can be. I don't, I don't care about the WGC in China or in Mexico yeah. or whatever. Yeah, when no it's in Mexico cares. City, I'm like, don't care. No one like, cares. Just don't care. Yeah. So it's like I don't have this massive allegiance to watching only PGA Tour either. I don't either. If somehow these live guys can put on a better product, so far they haven't. It's still a little clunky and weird. Yep. But they're they're, they're making it interesting. Um, I don't know. We'll see. I, I think, if anything, the tour needs to, like, take this and adapt and change yep. their product and make their thing more more sustainable and more appealing to us and get me yep. to watch because, like, I don't even know what the hell event is this weekend, and I don't care. Yeah, I, I think only the only reason I know it is just because of Dustin Johnson with the sponsorship. Oh, it's RBC. It's, RBC. it's a Canadian Open. Yep. Yeah, but, well, but, again, that's a good one, but it, it, it hasn't it, been played in two years. Yeah. Man, talk about getting put on a – Put on a death notice. Yeah, their biggest guy jumped ship the like week, of, week of, and they <laughs> haven't even had ho- been able to host the event in two years. Yeah, that, that's brutal. Trend, trending downwards there for Yikes. that event. Yikes! Um, no, man, I I definitely think this is going to be really fun to kind of watch play out yeah. over the next three months. I, yep. I, I think we're going to see a lot. And if they so they have one of the top twenty right now with Dustin Johnson being number fifteen in the world, um, people that have committed. Um, I think they're going to grab two to three more. They will. I really sure. do. It, the money's and too much. It, it is. It's, 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 just, just it's just too much. When you got unlimited pockets, I mean, it's just too much money. Yeah, like the Saudi like public fund that fronts us all has six hundred billion dollars. Yeah, it. and they said they were like, they were down to commit like four mil four billion. Excuse me to like to player contracts. It's like yeah. How do you you can't compete with the how do you, yeah, yeah how do you, like you, you just can't. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And maybe the players – and then they only make them play like 15 times a year. Ah. Yeah. It's just – yeah. I don't know. We'll see. 
that was just uh, me and Ian. We had uh, went out to the country club, uh, hit some chips, and then decided to go up to uh, the patio, and we're just hanging out and discussing this. And uh, it, it was pretty fun just getting to break down some of what we've seen from this live versus PGA. I know when you listen to this podcast, most of the stuff you hear is like uh, regarding the league, but we decided you know kind of talk about something a little outside of it. So. Will, what is your kind of thoughts from this live PG or, or live PGA situation? I've I've got two main thoughts. Uh, first thought, less controversial, is the amount of money these guys are getting. It's not make them rich money. Yeah. So I mean, if it makes just you rich, it might be uh, selfish. But this is generational wealth. This can make them rich, their kids rich, their kids' kids' kids rich, and it, if they if they have any business mindset down the road, that's a whole generation, generation, generation. That his last name Johnson will live on, yeah, forever. Like unless you're an absolute moron, like you can't run out of that type of money. No. Like you can't. And and these guys aren't morons. And I know Dustin Johnson. Uh, fun fact with Paulina Gretzky, but him and Wayne. Gretzky, if you've not heard of him, is this kind of decent hockey player. Um, right. I'm sure they have a couple business ventures in mind outside of uh, Dustin Johnson's golf career. And this is going to exponentially be able to fund all of these. I mean, like you said, Will, it's generational. Like, th- this changes your family's course. Legacy. Legacy. It, it does. So, what else do and you have? Another thing... Uh, a little bit less popular, but I don't think you guys would expect anything less than nope. me. Is um, nope. Yeah, I'm not defending the Saudis. The Saudis' money doesn't come from, uh, you know, reputable means sometimes. But people forget America didn't make its money selling Girl, Girl Scout cookies. Amen. It, the money came off the slaves' backs and the military-industrial complex. Absolutely. And that's tough to talk about, but. It, it was a little while back, so it's easier. No, we're the good guys. Maybe not. So, well, I don't hate on the Saudis like that. That's such a great thing, especially considering like how much business we do with them. It's like currently, like, oh, gas prices are going up. Oh, time to talk to the Saudis again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I love this country. Super glad to be an American. Proud to be an American grateful for the freedoms and what we have here but like you said will uh it wasn't all earned off of punching in the extra time clock hours and doing things the right way like we (laughs) as this country our history um you know when you go to public school it's all um sunshine and roses and with like one or two little eh things that's just not the reality of it and so i i think like the PGA Tour tries to play themselves off as like America, like Captain America. And I'm like, it's not reality, homie. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. The PGA Tour, you guys are like money-hungry uh, bastards. No. Like you guys are. And like I said, like I – very questionable where Liv gets their funding from, their policies that their government enacts on uh, women, homosexuals. It's messed up. It is. Not really here to get into all that, but – uh, just for the U.S. and the PGA Tour to try to play it like we're the great guys and we've never done anything wrong in our country's history, like, that's bullshit. Cade, what do you kind of think about the situation? So I'm in total agreement with Will about all this. You know, you're talking about generational wealth that, you know, a lot of these guys, they have to grind every week, paycheck by paycheck, to make it, especially in the Corn Ferry Tour, all that stuff. They're looking at this as a great op to, you know, get out and, you know, be able to enjoy life you know, even better than what they have been now. So I can definitely see on that side of perspective. And the PGA Tour, I'm not 
you know, too fond of them. I don't really keep up with them too much. You know, I watch, you know, the uh, the major tournaments and all that. But, um, you know, like in the interview was saying, I don't really keep up with every single open event, oh, right. you know, all these tournaments that are played. Players I mostly just keep up with the majors. So when I hear about all this drama going on, it's just kind of funny to hear how the PGA Tour sounds kind of like a crybaby when it comes to them losing their reputable members and also just, you know, just sending out these letters and stuff that, I don't know, it just makes them, it just doesn't put a good image on the PGA Tour either. They should be confident with themselves, confident with their player base, and if they're truly that worried about losing their player base, then they need to take action rather than complaining about it. Yeah, it's like when you put in a two weeks' notice at your job, instead of your boss saying, well, what can we do to keep you? They're just bashing your yeah, exactly. job. It's not going to work. That's not going to work. That just makes you want to leave even more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you see this, you know, it's just it's going to continue. And also, what I find is comical is the PGA Tour keeps on posting about it. It is free advertisement <laughs> for the Live Tour. It's free I, advertisement. I, yeah, that's, all, that's how I'm I found out. About <laughs> you, Greg Norman is sitting back here like, <laughs> you idiots are playing into my hands right yeah. now. Like, again – not a live tour fan like I, I honestly i don't know if i'll watch any of their events like I, I don't really care but my whole thing is that like the pga tour and their self-righteous bullshit is just getting really old and they're giving free advertising to these guys i mean it, like i honestly feel like the pga tour at each step of the way has handled this the wrong way yeah for sure like i honestly jay monahan's leadership and this has been absolutely pathetic. Like, I mean, hell, I run a golf league for 52 dudes, and I think I could have done a better job handling this situation. And the other thing is, too, like, let them play on the Live Tour and then let them keep their PGA membership. Like, it's eight events. Like, why would you not just give them the ability to go do that and still keep them? It's the best of both worlds. But, nope, they have a monopoly on the sport. They don't want to give it up, and they're feeling threatened, and they don't like it. Well, guys, that was a that was fun getting to kind of discuss that. Cade, uh, let's kind of focus on you here for a little bit. We got our interview section of this podcast coming up, and I, I think we got so the league members are really going to enjoy getting to know a little bit about more about you and you as a member, your golf career, and just about you in general. So, uh, tell me a little bit about how you got into golf. So, uh, like I said, it really mainly started in middle school when I really got into it. But um, over the summer, through elementary school and all this stuff, my mom would always have me go to summer camp. She'd always put me in golf camps. And the first tee, shout out to them, great organization, great way to grow the game. And um, I went through all their processes. I got up to, like, Eagle, I think, in their, like, rankings. And um, I really enjoyed it. Um, It really taught a lot about how to handle yourself, you know, how to treat others with respect, you know, just all the courtesy factors of golf. And it also just combined that with life skills as well. So I, you know, truly appreciate that organization. And um, that's really just kind of was the catalyst of where I'm at today with golf. I mean, I love it, breathe it, you know, especially throughout high school. I mean, that's all I did. So, uh, you know, I'm just truly appreciative with all I've done with, you know, golf in my life. And, you know, I feel rather fortunate to have experienced it earlier than later. So, you know, I still have tons and tons of more time to enjoy it. So, uh I'm envious yeah. of you of that, Cade. Like, being 30 years old, I've been playing now, like, seriously, we'll call it three years. Um, you've played for nine years already, and you're nine years younger than me. <laughs> like, I mean, I, I wish I'd been introduced to the game younger. Oh, it's incredible. 
I know you said a lot of thanks to the first tee, yes. uh, teaching you those fundamentals, the basics, the sportsmanship, the just the general golf etiquette. Um, a lot of people on here talk about their dad getting them into the game. Did you play with your dad much when you were young? When did he start playing? For sure, yeah. He um, He's always played. Um, when we lived in Florida, golf's huge in Florida. Um, him and his buddy would always go. You know, they'll bring the clubs to the – to their job and they'll just you know head out there after work or whatever and go play Love it. um his buddy van played college golf scratch golfer got my dad into it and my dad actually got um really good you know he shot pretty low um probably like you know where my handicap is now even honestly even lower you know he was shooting almost scratch golf pretty repeatedly for a little bit at a time that's nasty yeah it's it's pretty crazy so um you know i always give him a hard time now because i'm like man when are you gonna dust those clubs off but uh you know, so Kate, I'm trying to get I'll, him back out I'll there. just say this. You, your dad's awesome. He really fun guy. Uh, we just recently had our charity tournament. Not even a league member, but the guy was like, let me know. I'd like to come out and help set up, sure. volunteer to get things done. Uh, your dad's a great guy. I think it's pretty easy to see where you get a lot of your character from. So glad that you had that experience of getting to play with your dad. And then especially, I mean, getting to watch him play pretty good golf. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. That even is probably just a bonus on your end of things. So, um Let's move on a little bit. Congaree. Uh, for people who don't know, Congaree is one of those uh, okay, moderate courses. Um, <laughs> Just or better known school. as a, another <clears throat> top 100 course that for Cade's sure. had the pleasure of playing. So, Cade, tell me a little bit about Congaree and what that looked like for you. So, this story is pretty crazy. Um, it goes on for years. They still keep in t- contact with me from sophomore year of high school. You know, it's been six years now, and they still keep in contact. And so um, how it started originally was um, my golf coach called me one day, and he was like, hey, Kate, I have a former student of mine. He's looking for players, and um, he's looking for players, you know, golf players, to join, like, a golf camp. And I was like, oh, okay, sure, yeah, um, you know, just have him call me or whatever, message me, not really thinking anything of it. So about a few weeks pass, I get a phone call from a Johnson City number. Didn't really know who it was, so I didn't answer. And uh, I got a voicemail, and it was from Joe, which um, Donnie, you met at Diamond Creek, who's the uh, club pro. And he goes, oh, hey, Kay, this is uh, Joe Humston. Um, I'm a former Science Hill uh, alumni. And he's like, "Um, there's this camp coming up. It's called uh, Congaree, and we'd really like you to be part of it if you're interested. So I remember walking out of my classroom and calling him back and being like, hey, man, like, what's going on? And so he was giving me the rundown. He's like, hey. I'm going to get you in contact with my, my ambassador, which is John McNeely at the, you know, which he still is an ambassador, but John McNeely, he goes, I'll get you in contact with him and he'll give you more information about Congaree. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So a few days pass and John McNeely calls me and he is the co-owner of Diamond Creek. And so he calls me and he goes, Hey Cade, you know, um, Really like to see you at Congaree. We're overnight shipping you a booklet of all the ambassadors and of all what to expect at this camp. We'd really like you to join. And at this point, I agreed because, you know, you know, you have all these people involved. It's legit. And so I agreed. And my parents were still a little bit skeptical. But um, so it was that summer of my sophomore year that we actually got to go. And it was a whole week stay at Congaree, which is the top 100 in the nation. And it was brand new. Like, I think it was two years old. The course was two years old at the time that I was there. Um, just absolutely outstanding. I mean, everything was pristine. 
Like Diamond Creek was beautiful, but this place was like even a little nicer, like as in, as in like just quality of like the grass and stuff. Like it was just unbelievable. And um, so I got to stay there. But the thing with Congaree that I just truly appreciated the most was it focused more on your future. So it took kids that were from like, you know, blue collared families that weren't really, you know, their parents weren't making a ton of money, you know, kids who didn't have, you know, these set of clubs that, you know, say like my set of clubs when I went there, I had, you know, a Callaway driver, a Cobra three wood, I had mixed matched, mixed matched irons, yeah. wedges, you know, that kind of vibe. And their goal was to try to project us to get into a college of our dreams and to provide us information that could help us get there. So SAT scores, all that stuff, you know, they had a recruiter for colleges at our, you know, back and all of that good stuff. So it is truly a great foundation. Um, it has grown quite a bit. I think it's gotten a lot more popularity now, but um, it is truly just, it's changed my life. They provided me clothes, golf balls, tees. I mean, a whole week stay at Congaree, which is literally priceless, I think. To become an ambassador there. You actually would not want to know the price tag on that property. Oh, I would not. No. You would not. I would probably would never be able to. Yeah, I would never yeah. be able to afford yeah. it. Yeah, and this isn't like we're, we're talking high hundreds. No, this no. is, you like, know. There's a comma in it, fellas. There's a comma. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's yeah, multiple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's yeah, like, put it like that this, way. Like, this place is exclusive. Exclusive. It's very exclusive. And how they get their members, they call it, they refer to them as ambassadors. It's not only like a, like a fee. You have to, you know, provide for Congaree kids. So the camp itself, you have to be able to provide for the kids in some shape or form, and that's how you get into the program. So not only there is a exclusive fee that's, you know, six figures maybe even, um, you have to also be there with the kids and providing for their future, which is, I mean, it, it's awesome. It's awesome to hear that, you know, in the world of where people are filthy rich, I mean, I hate using that word, but these people have so much money. It's unbelievable. And that they're putting it to good use and trying to ensure, you know, future generations of golfers and, you know, helping us succeed in life. And so I'm just, I'm truly thankful. And, um, you know, it's, it's very awesome to just be a part of it. And to this day, I'm still getting contacts from them, messages, emails. It's really cool. Yeah. So... So, you know, Congaree, pretty exclusive. The Dudes of Hazards, not quite as exclusive. Uh, but you joined us. What, what made you want to join the Dudes? So, after high school, um, I kind of fell out of golf a little bit. Fell in love with fly fishing. Um, I still played every now and then, but, you know, I just missed the camaraderie. I missed having people to play with. I just longed for that more. Through high school, I kind of played by myself. Because I viewed it as more of a task because I had goals to reach. Like, I wanted to play at a college level. And even though I didn't quite make it there, like, I still held myself up to that standard almost. Sure. And, you know, when I met you and, like, heard about this league and stuff, I was like, oh, for sure. Like, this will kind of relieve the pressure off of me, even though, like, no pressure is even involved now. Like, I just enjoy having the camaraderie, having people that I can just reach out to in the group chat, being like, "Hey, does anyone want to play around?" Yep. And like, more than likely, someone is gonna play. Yep. And you know, I just it's it's nice to have people by my side who you know love the game and appreciate it, 
and also, you know, want to have fun. Yep. Because I honestly, I, I had fun golfing, but I didn't view it as that through high school and stuff as much because I viewed it more as like, I have a job to get done. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, you know, I'm trying to reach this goal. So, uh, I'm really thankful for this league and, uh, you know, I really had a good time and I still have a great time with it. So, yeah. Well, I mean, Kate, I know we've gotten to go on some pretty cool trips together. Like last year, uh, your first one, I think that you went on out of town was that Paulie's true blue trip down and playing Caledonia, uh, just truly incredible courses down there. Uh, earlier this year you attended, um, I mean, hell you played at the, the clash at the Johnson mm-hmm. city country club. Yep. You went and played in the Graysburg open, took second in both of those, um, played pretty well at those events. And then you got to go down and play in that trip in blue Ridge playing old Tacoa and old union. So, I mean, like these places aren't quite Congaree diamond Creek, but they're awfully damn good golf oh, courses. Very great golf courses for sure. And like you kind of said, that was more of a task and now it's more like we're having fun playing. And yes. I know like we'll sitting in here, uh, Will, you and Cade, do you guys have a really good, like, fun rivalry going? But I feel like you guys have really developed in the friends as well. Absolutely. Uh, Cade is uh, what I wish I was when I was his age. He's a little bit well, more well-spoken, a little bit well, better-mannered, and uh, really fun to be around in the course, uh, really good at the game, uh, really gets my competitive juices going. He's a little bit better than me. I don't, don't let him – for you there but Will's going to tell me afterwards to edit that out <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know he's a, someone I'd like to chase down in, as far as my golf skills and uh, but like we we just played the charity tournament together we yep. were on the same team I played with him and his father and uh, great time just great time yeah, to be around such a blast it was, it was a really good time I had you, a lot of fun that trip that you guys time. took second in that too didn't you uh, yeah. I think we tied for third, actually. I think oh, someone yeah. got one yeah. stroke oh, okay. on us for second. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn. I want so. a rematch. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, some sort of match, um, I mean, last time I remember, you guys got a little competition coming up here yes, in sir. September. Oh, so, yeah. uh, Will, why don't you go ahead and tell me a little bit about what you're looking forward to that? Uh, just disheartening Cade because he's a better <laughs> golfer. But I think the John City Country Club's a little bit shorter and a little bit more open. So I think that favors me because when, you know, he's putting his approach to like five feet like he always does, well, it's okay because my drive was to ten feet. So That's right. <laughs> and and, and you'll, you'll miss the eagle putt, but you'll knock in the tap exactly. and bird. So and puts, the pre- puts the pressure puts on the him pressure for that five-footer. Right. So. Yeah, so, it's Will, it's going to be you and Nolan. Uh, and what's really fun is, you know, you're on a team, and then it's going to be Cade and Alex. Nolan and Alex are going to be chirping at each other. Oh, yeah. they're, they're, they are I just, so we'll you guys are going to be the talent. They're going to be the comedy <laughs> show. It's a perfect pairing. Um, very similar skill levels between the groups. I, I think that's honestly uh, – that that's going to be an absolute battle, especially with – you know, we talked about it on here. We got that scramble going down the front nine match play, but then we're switching out the select alt shot. And, uh, boy, wild stuff happens in alt shot. Oh, yeah. uh, there's going to be some times when your partner's giving you some fist pumps, and there's going to be some times when you hit that shot, and you're not going to want to make eye contact yeah. with your partner because you realize you just hosed them. <laughs> uh, and so I think that's going to be fun seeing the dynamic on how that plays out between you guys. Cade. Um, how many holes are going to be left in the match when you close Will and Nolan out? Mm. <laughs> it's a hard one. I know the scramble will be pretty tough for the front nine, so I feel like we'll probably be finished up even around there. Yep. I feel like that'll be a very neck-and-neck. Neck. I can't imagine one team being up more than one hole. 
Yeah, I mean, I, sure. it has to be either tied or one-up one going into It is going to be back. a neck-and-neck yep. neck battle the whole entire way. I think the alternate shot is what's going to determine the round. Yep. For sure, 100%. Um, you know, the back nine at John City Country Club can be pretty nasty, especially on the last few holes. Yep. Um, you know, so. personally, I always play the back nine two and a half about strokes better in the front nine. <coughs> but – an alt shot. There's just going to be there's some decisions so that variables. have to be made. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you what, I, I think there's a great chance. 16 is one of those just insane holes that um, I can see y'all being tied up in there. And you have to have a great tee shot on 16 to have a chance to play good, especially to leave your partner a good shot. Then you have 17. So 16 is that short par four, all downhill. Cade's probably only going to need a hybrid. Same with Will to reach the green. Um, and then 17 is that par three all across water. I mean, basically a force carry the whole way. You want to leave it short, well, that's just going to be bad news for you. And then, I mean, is 18 as good of a finishing hole as anything? Not a very long par four, but all uphill. Yep. So it feels like it plays way longer than what the hole actually is. Um, and it gets tight up there around the green. Oh, yeah. A lot of bunkers and stuff, especially surrounding it. So I think whoever is having to take that approach shot on 18 – they're going to feel the pressure. Oh, for sure. Especially with all of us sitting up on the patio watching. Like, they're going to know that, like, the eyes are on them. Like, the tee shot, like, you can get a little breather if uh, yours is selected, knowing that I don't have to put this next <laughs> shot up with everyone watching. But what's really, I said, crazy, man, there's bunkers galore and deep and tough bunkers around that green. And uh, even if you get on the green, that's a nasty two-tiered oh, yeah. green. And uh, let's say that pin location's bottom and you land on that top shelf. Uh, that's not going to be an exciting putt coming back down that hill. So, guys, I think that's going to be a lot of fun getting to watch you guys uh, go in for that. So, Cade, um, back when you, you know, when you were in high school, you played, like now with the dudes, we have some tournaments that are laid back, some that are competitive, but you played some true tournament golf back in the day. Uh, tell me some of the differences that, you know, just your average dudes member that's just coming out and playing for fun on the weekend. Tell me some of those things that they don't know that just makes tournament golf just that different beast. Definitely um, who you're playing with. It is all, it's always everyone's looking out for each other and watching what you do, which I understand why, because you're competing. But, you know, just that pressure alone is, like, pretty, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty good pressure. And also how they will confront you about certain things. So if, they, if you pull a ruling that they did not particularly like, they will tell you straight up, hey, I don't like you doing this. I don't, I don't agree with it. You need to do something else. And you have to almost abide by it because that's part of the ruling. And, and like, even if you get into a disagreement, you can call a rules, rules official in and get into it with them. But at the end of the day, it kind of leaves a chip on whoever's shoulder, both of your shoulders even, for the whole rest of the round. It's it's kind of different, you know. Um, some players you'll play with, they're you know happy-go-lucky. They're enjoyable to play with. And I've played with some kids that do not talk to you. They do not speak a single word. Fuck that shit. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, like, this game is still supposed yeah. to be fun. Yeah. Like, uh, man, that stuff drives me. Uh, we'll, we'll get to this here in a minute, but we we're going to have a, me and Kate have a little tournament experience coming up. And I just know that if one of my playing partners is like, I'm not talking to you for four hours, yeah, I'm going to make you talk it's, to me. It like, is. I, I, oh, yeah. Uh, we're we're no, not we're doing gonna... this like standoffish. <laughs> yeah. Like, this isn't the PGA Tour. 
Um, I remember around specifically at Iguani Farms, I played with one kid. I don't remember his name, um, but he literally, like, was so zoned in. It was unbelievable. I've never seen someone with such focus before in my life. And I honestly, like, inspired to be that way almost with some stuff. Like, he... I could I couldn't even speak to him. Like he was just like he would hit a shot, he would just go. Like in in tournament play too, you had a pace of play to keep up. So you're walking with four people, ten minutes, fifteen minutes a hole is what they expected you to finish up at per hole. Walking with, you know, four. So yep. you're literally walking in front of your, you know, people, you're hitting balls in front of people. Like it is it's it's a madhouse sometimes. Like and <laughs> And it's just funny to see the differences between that and then, like, you know, playing with the dudes who are just more laid back. They're more, you know, just wanting to have fun. They don't really care about the score as much. And I just, you know, I prefer that route a lot more than the competitive side. You know, the competitive side is fun, but it is definitely a little nerve-wracking, and it can definitely get under your skin a little bit, especially if you have mental you know, mental barriers. You know, I personally do. I struggle with mental game a lot. And um, it can definitely get under your skin. So, uh you know, that's, that's about it, really. I just want to make a quick comment on just not only you, but just, you know, the dudes in general. Being with this league for, you know, two two years now, three years, um, experiencing y'all, like, develop in the game is just, it's phenomenal. Y'all are making such great strides with it. Donnie, you especially, I mean, you've really just completely peaked. Like, you're doing amazing right now. And... He set me up for disappointment. No, he no, said no, no, no. Yeah, he he said, you know, you know what a peak is, right? No. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. And like, no. I know the next time someone listens to this, I'm like, oh, this guy Donnie's pretty good. And I'm like, come out and shoot a smooth 96. And they're going to be like, wait, what? What is Kay talking about? No, but like when the first times I've played with y'all and then to now, like just experiencing the differences between like the rounds, like from back then to now, it is just night and day difference. And like, I applaud y'all for grinding it out. Yeah. And, it, you know, Thanks, it's man. it's really cool to see, you know, because I've kind of stayed the same, you know, throughout my golf game. I've honestly have kind of, you know, gotten a little downhill recently with my game. But, um, Cade, you know. we're all still chasing you. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, that's, like there, there's a bunch of us that, like, if we ever get the Cade's level of playing golf, we've made it. Like, <laughs> I, like I don't need to get better on that. I, I'll, I'll be content with on a rough day shooting a 79 or 81 being a bad day. There's a strategy to beat Kate. I'm employed at Pollard. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I can beat anyone in the league with my strategy. But Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, the good old Polly strategy, right? I'm yeah. going to refer to it as the Polly strategy. The Polly strategy. Come at me, dudes. You cannot beat me in my – And if there is a rain delay in the Polly strategy – Oh, Ooh, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> Will has realized he has conquered you. Yes, so It's uh, over. Yeah, people are like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> well, I guess join the dudes and you'll figure it out. Um, okay, that's going to be a blast. I'm looking For sure. forward to just – I mean, we like I said, we've had some good golf experiences together, and I have a hard time believing after two years it's going to stop here. So uh, I think we just – it's going to be really fun to see where the next 10 to 50 years oh, yeah. of this go. And, For sure. Uh, I say fifty. I, I think I'll still be playing at eighty. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. yeah, you just keep on swinging around. Yeah, yeah. you'll be there. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I've already kind of mastered at thirty the old man golf game, <laughs> not hitting it very far, but finding fairways and hitting decent chips and putts. So hopefully, I can just keep on rolling with that for the next uh, time. And Cade, I know you love hitting these bombs off the tee. One day, those he's gonna notice, man. Uh, 
I'm not quite hitting it as far as I was. My uh, back's hurting a little bit. Yeah, like, and, uh, <laughs> and it's not just from carrying his partners either. It's, uh, it's a fun game, guys. Uh, if you're one of these people that, you know, you're thinking, man, I'm not a really good golfer. I'm hearing people like Cade, and we have some of these good golfers come on. And, yeah, we do. We have some really good golfers. But we also have the uh, the Calvins, the Alcalmans. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have Max. Uh, who's we all he's, like to know is Justin Kelly. Calvin, um, he said your name first, man. The first, <laughs> first name he thought no, of was it, Calvin. It's not first name. It's just at this point, it's dude's tradition on the podcast. <laughs> if there's anyone the roast, it's Calvin first. Yeah, it's I actually Calvin. was texting him last night. Uh, we're recording July 18th together. Uh, I'm sure he's already compiling his list of oh, rebuttals. Sure. And I just cannot imagine oh, what he's doing. Oh, we, we, right we have now. a fun one coming. Like I said, Calvin <laughs> has watched me hit my fair share of rough shots, uh, and I know he's going to comment on it. If it's all rebuttals, that's going to be a long-ass podcast. Yeah, it, it probably will be. Um, but, you know, like you talk about guys that have improved. Calvin is one of those guys, oh, too. Oh, for man. sure. He like, is... Calvin really has come such a far way. It's been – like it's been so much fun him being one of my really good friends, getting to see him grow in this game, uh, getting to see people like Alex grow, yeah, getting Alex to see people like Nolan. Improved. Nolan, dude, a year ago was a bad golfer, and I'm not saying he's like good or great by any stretch, but the strides that he's made, he's made them fast. I actually think Nolan has had one of the quickest. He's picked up the game much quicker than I did. Um, I mean, just watching the difference of the way he hits the ball. He can really putt now. I mean, Nolan's been fun. We got guys, uh, Briggs, e- Briggs Evans. Like, he uh, is an awesome guy. Glad we have him in the league. Not an overly talented golfer, but where he was last year to this year. Massive difference, dude. This guy was just texting me the other day, and this is someone who's, like, in that quest to break 100. Or maybe he's just done it, like, once or twice. But he said, like, dude, said, I'm playing couple times a week this summer he said my goal is i'm gonna be a sub 100 golfer and i'm like hell yeah Yeah. dude like that's fun being in that point and seeing that growth and like like i said a year ago watching briggs play to last time when i brought him out to the country club i remember he had a really rough start through two or three holes settled in and i was like i even told him i said briggs you're like you're not the same guy like you can play this game like you're moving in the right direction and i think he's gonna see he's gonna be out here one day shooting that 102 103 and then boom 94 just like that. Yeah. It seems like it's that big jump where everything comes together. Brig, Briggs is awesome. Uh, we've talked about Jared Keene, Alex's buddy. They ride a lot of dirt bikes together. Again, and this is, it's not shitting on Jared. He's, he's just not a very good golfer yet. But the strides that he's made in a year has been astronomical. Like, I mean, I remember this dude, and, and this is absolutely no knock on him at all i think as a beginner like you need to make the game fun for these guys so he'd come out and play and and he'd duff his drive and they'd be out in the fairway and be like dude just tee that back up like no like no like you're not even keeping the score like no one cares just go ahead and do that and now like jared came out and competed in the dudes of hazards open playing under like tournament regulation golf and the guy didn't have a great first day but then rebounded and battled played i think like eight to ten strokes better the second day and i'm like that's the stuff we love to see like these guys that are getting into the game being like this is a lot of fun and improving and i think that's one of the things from the league you mentioned seeing us improve for sure it's fun watching these guys improve uh you know a lot of the guys have gotten better except for josh uh he's declined this guy used to smack me around and (laughs) no offense josh uh 
I'll die before I let you beat me again. So uh, that won't happen. But it's been fun watching Jeremy work with some of these guys, help them improve, um, and just develop a love for the game. So, uh, Will, I'll ask you this question first. I'm going to ask it to Kate as well. Uh -oh. Favorite trip you've been on with the Dudes of Hazard so far? I feel like this is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's Polly's. Yeah, it's Polly's. Yeah, I think so. Is it, is it because just the guys were so awesome or because the courses were so awesome? Because I, I feel like a fair argument could be made for either. It's both. Uh, it was my introduction to everybody. It's yeah. The first time I met Cade. Yep. It's the first time I met you. Yep. I knew Hyder. Yep. That was it. I had never met anyone else, and I don't know. I just I liked you guys and respected you guys right away, and I, I feel like I uh, – I made my first impression of what you expect out of me every time you play with me. And uh, yep. <laughs> I remember, you know, sliding a little bit in the wet and getting up, and Donnie just gave me that disappointed dad look, and I was like, okay, <laughs> sorry, Donnie. <laughs> I went back to the car. I've never given the disappointed dad look to anyone. So I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know what Will's talking about over here. At uh, no point in the league has anyone done anything remotely questionable at all. So, uh, <laughs> but no, dude, that we talked about it when you were on here for your podcast, uh, Will. Like that trip was so great. Like immediately, and I get it, dude. There's pressure on you. You're, you're walking up. All of us know each other. We've played. We're buddies, and especially like the group that you joined. It was like me, Josh, David, Clayton. We're buddies. We know each other. Yeah. And Will stepped up on the patio, and immediately it was one of the dudes. I mean, I feel like that's how it was for you, Cade, when you came along. Like, you knew a couple of us, but I feel like very quickly, I mean, not putting yeah, words sure. in your mouth, but I feel like you felt pretty welcomed yeah, and sure. one of the guys. So what was your favorite trip, Cade? Follies. Okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, I think that trip cracked me out of my shell. Oh, it did. Yeah. Um, it, you know, it made me just a little more looser. You know, I was always kind of uptight about golf, but then, you know, after about a year of playing with the league, I kind of realized, like, you know, I'm just here for shits and giggles. I'm going to have some fun. And, um, you know, Will definitely showed me a good time. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that too much. Uh, but, uh, you know, Polly's for sure. The courses were outstanding. You know, Caledonia definitely has a spot in my heart. But um, I'm curious, between that and True Blue, what, what, which one do you give the edge to? You know, I, I feel like I played better at True Blue because it was a little longer. It struck me as a little longer playing. Yeah, it, it plays a little longer. But... So it was like a little more open, but Caledonia, when it came to like views and like shot selection, can't can't be beat. Yeah. Uh, are, we, are we looking at going back soon? Yeah, um, you know one of the things I do with the league, we we want to play great courses, but the problem is it's hard to settle in for like a routine trip every year because mm -hmm. there's so many great courses, especially in the southeast and yeah. in a in a variable driving distance. I think Polly's that general area, Polly's Tavern. Uh, Caledonia, True Blue, a special place in a lot of people's hearts. I say we got to get back there. Um, it was a great time playing. Um, sure. Will, what did you like better, uh, Caledonia or True Blue? Mm. Um, I'm going to say Caledonia just because of 18. 18. Is, is there a dude? Immaculate. Just, just 18. Like 18. Okay, let's think, guys. I mean, we're on the pod. This is live, so it's sometimes tough to kind of do this. Like, What's a better 18th hole? Yeah, I haven't I, played one. I, I don't know I if I, I like, like. I like Primblin's 18th hole a lot. It's really good, but it's not Caledonia's. Mm -hmm. That dude, the fact that you got to hit a good drive, mm -hmm. pure, like just the emphasis on that great shot placement. 
and then that force carry over water in front of the clubhouse with people on the porch watching with the bunkers with around the bunkers. The yeah. yeah, yeah. It's not That's, just like an easy. The yeah, they, they do. Yeah. It's not just some easy little wedge that you're just like flipping over there. No, no like especially That's... if you don't hit a great drive, you know, you might be hitting a seven to nine iron across this water, force carry the whole way, no bailout. Um, and then when you go over there, people also, I think, forget this. That's a slanted green. Yeah. It's deceptive. And it's not easy to uh, necessarily two-putt it. So I think that's a great finishing hole. I think that's as good. Like, Cade, we love Diamond Creek. Diamond Creek's a really good 18th hole. Oh, yeah. But, like, I mean, Caledonia is gorgeous. It it's is, special. Yeah. And with the intercoastal waterway sitting yep. there to your right the and whole the time. the clubhouse in the back, it's just something It's else. perfect. I, uh I've actually played, at the time, my best score when I had played it was a 79 at Pauly's. Um, and it was a par 70, so it felt like a tad bit cheap being like I broke 80 there. But it was nice that I actually had a chip and bird on 17, and that bought me the ability to make a double bogey on 18 <laughs> to shoot a 79. And uh, surprise, guys, shot a double bogey <laughs> on it. But I, I got over the water in two, but I was in the bunker. Mm. had to get out of the bunker kind of thinned it almost into the water and i was like you moron <laughs> like like this was worst case scenario but then was able to get up get the double and shoot a 79 and like for me i've had some great golf memories doing that at caledonia playing with my father-in-law tim who came out uh and shot like a smooth like 113 that was a lot of fun uh i'm <laughs> smooth 113 that's that's pretty average for tim uh, he's, again, Mr. Where'd My Ball Go no. off the tee. But Tim is just uh, – I've played a lot of rounds with Tim. I've never not smiled and just laughed my way through those. So I love playing there. And, I mean, Caledonia is uh, it's great. So it's love. It's great getting to hear that both of you guys loved uh, that trip. I mean, I think that sure. was a great one. And I know uh, – not to keep going on about our favorite trips, but, like, what do you think of, uh, you know, the Hazards Cup this year at – um, Blue Ridge. I feel like that had to have been a pretty good one oh, for it was, you. It was great. It was more, you know, a little laid back than Polly's, but you know, sometimes that's better in a way. But, um, you know, I really enjoyed hanging out with the guys. Um, big shout out to Jacob Long. You know, he's kind of pulled a wheel at Polly's. You know, he just showed up. Yeah. I didn't know that he Dude. didn't know Brad or Jeremy or anybody. And, like, he just showed up. He's like, hey, I'm Jacob Long. Like, I'm part of the dudes now. And, like, you know, we just accepted him. And, uh, you know, it was a great time. I wish I could have got to, got to play with them, but, uh, you know, I'm sure in the future we will. But, nope, um, I actually, uh, just because you said that, I'll permanently ban you guys from playing together. <laughs> just to be spiteful. Uh, no, dude, uh, Jacob Long, I actually texted him yesterday and was like, I need you on for the pod. He's like, I'm a little socially awkward sometimes. Like, would it be okay if I brought anything to drink onto the podcast? And I was like, uh, uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that's normal. Uh, uh, yeah, that's like what we do. Because here's the thing: like, it's a little intimidating talking oh, in yeah. front of a mic for the first time. But I told him we'll get some good guys on here. We're gonna have a party. Jacob Long is going to be a mainstay at events. If you don't know the name, you will play with him because he shows up all the time. The dude is a great golfer, but he's a better person. Um, just have had amazing times playing with Jacob. I've came out and brought him out to the country club. We played there together. Um, if you're, this is coming out, I guess the Monday after the U.S. Open. When we say the country club, we're not talking about the one at Brookline uh, that the U.S. Open was held at. We're talking about the Johnson City one. So pretty much <laughs> the same thing, but not. Um, but regardless, we had a great time playing together. Um, I see a lot of rounds in our future as well. I mean, Will's. Um, I don't, have you played with Jacob yet? 
Uh, no, but I played behind him at the charity tournament. Yeah, I was about and uh, to say you were talking shit to him. I, the whole time. I'd never met him before, <laughs> and I was just giving this guy the business. He probably thinks I'm such an asshole. No uh, way, Will. Uh, like you, you talk shit to people. Uh, yeah, you haven't seen it. Yet, <laughs> there was a, there was a, there was some. I feel like I had a couple of good one-liners. Yeah, yeah you did. I think, and like I said, I he never had good rebuttals though. I'm yeah, I know he, yeah, he, he did yeah, come yeah, back. He did, he did come know, back. Dude, he's uh, he's 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 a fun he's a fun guy. Um. Okay, last interview question I have for you. Um, we're probably going to spend a good 10 minutes on this one. I mean, honestly, we could have done a whole podcast about this. Oh, for sure. Diamond fucking Creek. Yeah. Tell me about it. So, um, like, I met all these guys through Congaree. So, Joe, who is the pro up there, um, he's like kind of like my right-hand man when it comes to, you know, contacting him for stuff. But, uh... You know, I kind of, you know, keep in touch with him, you know, try to just see how the family's doing and all that good stuff. You know, I, you know, I try to, you know, keep them updated with how my life's going, you know, how much, you know, they have changed my life. But when it comes to, you know, getting up there, like Joe always comes in clutch, you know, I'll be like, hey, man, like, do you happen to have not a busy day that we, you know, I could possibly smidge around up there, you know, like, you know, just, you know, I want to come see you, but, you know, it's also Diamond Creek, you know, it's. So it wouldn't be the worst thing if I just end up getting stuck playing here as well. Yeah, you know, like just just do both. Like, can I just do both? You know, you know the two you have to bring out from the dudes. If you get on it with him, you know the other two that have to be complete the foursome, right? Oh yeah, I do right here. They're in this oh, room. Yeah, right, They're in this right. room. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, it, it is a blessing to be able to play out there as much as I have. You know, um, I haven't played many rounds out there because most of the time that I did go up there, um, it was mostly you know just practice so like the range sessions they have a actual like hitting area up above the range i don't know if i told you this you you did we didn't it get is, to experience it but you told me it is that it's literally so if you go above the range it's like it's way up there you can't reach it with a drive well will might but um <laughs> <laughs> that's because so, will hits yeah <laughs> yeah so um but if you go up there you know you walk into this little like cabin looking thing like it's the you know the the vibe at Diamond Creek is very, you know, rustic kind of. Very rustic, yeah. And so you walk in there, there's this big elk mountain there, and you look to your left, and it is just a hitting mat, a track man, and about s- probably four or five television screens. And there's cameras everywhere. Top view, backside view, like all the angles you can think of of a golf swing, it's, it's videoed. And then you have your track man numbers on another screen. So every single angle of your, screen, of your swing is videoed every single swing that sounds like my worst nightmare i don't need my <laughs> swing getting dissected and torn apart uh let, let me it, just do my thing a chunk on the ball forward so the uh owner at diamond creek um john mcneely he he has like a signature thing for snacks so as you can tell with the two snack shacks on the course congaree was the same way when the place we stayed in it was restocked every night. Our own personal refrigerators were restocked every single night. It had whatever we wanted, Cokes, Gatorades, M&Ms, Reese's Cups, Snickers. Like, it literally was a gas station every night. And it was just restocked constantly. And that was kind of his, like, signature thing. Yeah. I guess his, like, addition to Congaree and Diamond Creek. Yeah. And, you know, it's really cool just seeing, you know, him putting his personality out there a little bit. And, you know, I it's just really cool to see. But, uh it was so when we went up there and played that day um you know i actually had played mid pines the day before with justin fawn 
And that was my first experience with the caddy. And it was kind of nice just getting the feeling of what that's like like for a round. And so um, I'm driving in from Central North Carolina. Cade's meeting up. We meet at the Lee's McCray gym. And then I'll <laughs> into his car so we're not taking two cars into Diamond Creek. And we hit their gate um, and go through it. And it's like, it's like you pull up. Uh, I'm here, Cade Pope, two of us, tea time. Gates open. <laughs> and you're like, oh, man. Like, pulling up, I probably said, like, what the fuck, or oh, my yeah. God, like, a hundred times. Yeah. Like, I was just like, it's... dude, like, you, you enter the gate, and you're like, this is different. Like, it's, it's just, dude, there's amazing courses. There's amazing experiences of all sorts of price ranges, public, private. This place just, dude immediately you cross the gate and you're in a different land oh for sure um i mean that drive just snaking up to the clubhouse we pull up and you know i'm used to you know at this point wasn't a member at johnson city yet i'm just used to rolling up the pine oaks <laughs> lugging out my shit throwing it down on the ground carrying it up we pull up and there's like people like opening up the car doors for yep. us like well, welcome to diamond creek and i'm like i'm so out of place here. yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah. every time i get i go there i just i'm like i am in a different league of dude, people like it's 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 how do you guys, get used to that? Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, you, dude, it's crazy. You shouldn't. It, it's one of those things. Like unless you experience it, it's just not real. Yeah. Like it's it's so incredible. Every bit of it. It's um, it puts you in a great place. And so we do our thing. We load up on the the carts. They already like like I'm talking to Cage, just being like, dude, like what the hell's going on? And then all of a sudden, like and Joe's like. Well, I guess we'll just go on up to the range together. And so you just hop on this cart with Cade, and all of a sudden this other dude in the white suit just hops on the back of our cart. Uh, and I'm like, hey, what's up, man? He's like, hey, I'm your caddy for the day. I'm like, okay. It's like Happy Gilmore where yeah. his, his caddy takes his clothes, and he just shouts, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah. So we go up to this range. Um, fun fact. Uh, Pr Primlin, has, Primlin has the second nicest range I've seen. Uh, but Diamond Creeks, what really helps is when you're the only person yeah. at the range. And so you pull up, and there's, like, this little, like, um, container that stores, like, sacks of golf balls. The um, And this is back when I, I was probably closer to, like, a 16, 18 handicap at this time uh, when we played this course. And he comes out, and the caddy's like, I'll sit behind you and watch you hit some shots to see your shot patterns. And I was like... <laughs> Well, there's not really a pattern here, man. Uh, like some go straight, some go left, some go right, some don't go far, some uh, go thin, some go fat. And I think he realized very quickly, like, okay, one of these guys is a little bit better than the other off the bat. And I was like, hey, here's the thing, man. Uh, I can't hit my driver. I can hit my three wood, my five hybrid, uh, my nine, my pitching wedge, and I can putt. <laughs> so what's my best strategy and he was just like yeah we're gonna try to find fairways on that and uh, just try to get it close and so i just remember you know they have the range that's going out to the right mm -hmm. where you can hit your full length shots we did that and then we transitioned over and it's like hey fun fact these aren't like beat up max flies that have been hit 142 times it looked like my sack of 30 golf balls was brand new out of the pack pro v ones that had not been touched Every like like, like it's like if i hit them they'd be like trash we can't risk using that for someone to practice with mm -hmm. like they were flawless then you transition over and they had that short game to practice like those 70 to 110 yard little pitch shots like like totally separate mm -hmm. and what's amazing about that one is they're it's like you can't run them up because there's a 
fucking cavern it, yeah. in between you a little gully and so you have to really Land hit these them. shots and i just was like dude like what is this place yeah. and so that was good and then we go to the practice green to hit some putts and i told Cade, oh my god these <laughs> greens are fast now I, I like fast greens, so it didn't intimidate me but as someone who had just played mid pines which was on bermuda and so like some downhill putts are slow and uphill pat putts are fast just based off the grain coming out to diamond creek everything was fast yeah. but faster and so that was kind of our warm-up session and i just remember thinking like Cade, like i'm out of my element homie yeah <laughs> yeah um can we play a scramble <laughs> yeah, yeah you know um what's even crazier is congaree was rolled a, a lot faster than those so on the day we had our Gross. tournament which is our final day at camp there they double rolled the greens, and I think they're rolling at like a fourteen on the stint, Jeez. which is like putting Hard on wood. glass. Like literally, like you just sit there and touch it, and it would just it roll off the green almost. Like it was unbelievable how I, quick. I felt like ours was a twelve thirteen. Yeah, I, ours was a thirteen that day. We like, dude. Oh, for sure. Yeah, the, Diamond Creek can definitely play quick if they it's can. dry. And and I think I remember them. It, it was a little overcast. I think it mm-hmm. rained like off and on and sprinkled before we got there. Because I remember Joe being like, "Oh, you want to come on a better day?" And we were like, "Nah." I'm glad we went today. We played because it was us and two other groups on the course. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yep. Like, like <laughs> it, it was like like we literally felt like we had the court. Like we saw a single catch up to us at one point. Mm-hmm. The guy was a baller. Oh yeah. We let he... him play through, hit a tee shot, and he was gone. We didn't see him again. And it was like, oh, it's back to the three of us on this outrageous course. And yep. so, I know when we teed off, um, dude. At that time, that was the most nervous I'd been for any tee shot. And I remember. I don't know if you remember it. I absolutely roasted. Oh, I do. I got my a, free wood. Yeah, you took a video of it. it. Yeah, roasted this thing down the middle. Um, it's like played decent there, and then I remember there was a par three after that, and absolutely fell apart on that hole. Like I think I tripled it, and I was just like, "Great, came here to Diamond Creek to do this." And I remember Kate just kind of looked at me and I was like, "Dude, just have fun with it." And then I will say this: our caddy. The most, like, if I needed a caddy that was built for me, it was this guy. This guy (laughs) was was a hell of a golfer, played at ECU, was all conference, Mm -hmm. I think his last two years, really could play, and came out. And this guy was like, hey, I think we should just focus on having a good time today. And, like, whatever you do, we'll just make the most of it. Mm -hmm. And this guy, like, that, after falling apart on that hole, changed the, the round for me. Came up, uh, for me, shot an 86 there, which felt like hero golf. I know Cade. Uh, we worked through this round. He, I think he got off to like maybe a slow-ish start, mm-hmm. but I remember that back nine back got nasty. Nine, up. Yep. That tenth tee shot, dude. If this if this would have been a busy day, this would have been the most unpleasant tee shot. It's like so. There's like an outside little area where people sit and have drinks at, and like the tee box is like four feet away from them. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, and- there was no one out there. But I remember I did a little pan video of mm-hmm. Cade hitting that shot, and he roasted this thing down the pipeline and at that point i was like "Uh uh-oh like i think this is like amazing Cade that's showing up hit a birdie putt on 18 to shoot a 79 on the day out there yeah Cade Cade played amazing that day i mean a 79 at diamond creek for sure i mean that's a that's a bucket list score my my best score there actually yeah for sure i hope some other people in the league get a chance to experience that for sure um but i got first dibs (laughs) <laughs> as, as Will's flexing and just like reminder you want to invite me um no will you you would love that place i mean it's 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 a great time um 
you have any closing thoughts on Diamond Creek or just any, anything you kind of want to add in here before we hit hazard time? Um, for Diamond Creek, I will add the uh, tips for, like, I guess, like, their main events are actually on the practice screens on hole one and ten. So That's disgusting. It is. So, like, you'll literally see... Um, what? So, ETSU actually got to play out there. I saw on their um, Instagram, the tips are on the practice screen. Okay, noted. I'm going to join the ETSU golf <laughs> But And, um, and wow. by join it, I mean try out and get told to go away. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, other than that, you know, uh, Diamond Creek's definitely a one-of-a-kind experience. You know, it is just – it takes mountain golf to a whole other level. And just some of the small additions they make to the course and to, yep. like, even the snack shack. Like, it uh, looks like a rundown. We didn't rundown. even talk about that, dude. The snack shack, the first one we walked into, <laughs> I was like, what – like, dude – well, it's, it's heaven on earth. I walk in, big Reese's guy. First thing I see, Reese's. Reese's. I'm like, oh, man, I'm sold. And I look in this little cabinet. It's, it's every beer. Yep. There, there's liquor. There's mixed there's, drinks. There's wine. There's uh, peanuts, M&Ms. I mean, it's just like. It is everything. They used to have cigars, too, with the Diamond Creek logo on it. Oh, I was man. actually hoping to see if there was some there when we played because I was going to grab some for Dad, and they didn't have any that time. But yep. um, they, I've seen them in there before, and it, it is it's incredible what you know they provide for the members out there. And, um, you know, it's really unique, the vibe that they have with everything. Like, you will see the snack shack from the outside. And it looks like a rundown shack that you'd see on someone's abandoned farm from, like, year, like you know, 50 years ago. And you walk in, and it's just this immaculate, you know, well-kept-up, you know, kept up, pristine condition, you know, gro- like, basically a gas station. Almost, wow, yeah. You know, and it's just something else. Uh, the par threes. We went – Four for four each on the par threes on greens and reg. Yep. And I was like, flex on it. And there was one of them before nine coming back. I think it was number eight, that par three, where you crossed that little bridge. Oh, and yeah. And he videoed us. Yeah. 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 So, like, we're walking across, and it's, like, looking nice because you're, like, watching the video. And you come up, and you're like, oh, there's two balls on the green there. Yeah. Oh, nice. We, we look like we know, yeah, <laughs> we know what we're doing. Yeah, we know what we're doing. Boy, did we fool them. Or at least I fooled them. Um, third mully. that was great. And, yeah, third third mully. Psych. Um but no, dude, the whole place was great. I remember we went to lunch, and I was like, they were like, oh, lunch is comped. And I was like, honestly, it's not. I Like, I have to pay for this. Yeah. Like, I, I, I just, like, like honestly, I have to give, like, I know you don't need my money, but, like, I consciously can't live here yeah. or leave here knowing I didn't spend any money because, like, like this should have cost me a thousand bucks, yeah. And I think it cost me like forty-five bucks for lunch. So that's the thing there. That was a fair trade-off. Yeah, absolutely. It's the thing there that actually like almost kind of it didn't drive me crazy, but like you know, it's just like almost like I just want to appreciate y'all in some way. Like yeah, I just like, want to show it like, some I, I, way. I, like, I like, have to do something. I have to do something. Like, yeah, because like this just isn't enough to be like. Thanks. Yeah, like they just it's it's incredible. Like the the hospitality there and like you know a lot of private courses like i feel like they get the vibe of like very like snooty but like they're like i'll talk i've talked to multiple members there that are members of both there and congaree and like it's just they, they literally walk right up to you shake your hand they're like hey i'm so and so and you know and i'll tell them i, I was a you know a congaree kid going through their camps and they're like oh like how'd you experience you know enjoy it and stuff and i didn't know at the time that they were members but yeah you know joe would tell me afterwards like hey yeah they're they're congaree members and i'm like well i told them the truth and honest and like you know i literally all i have is good things to say and places so, like that just hit different yeah for sure they it's do incredible all right kate that was a lot of fun uh we're gonna go ahead and transition into about five minutes of hazards time will um i'm looking at you first who do you got a question for 
Mm. Okay, let's see here. Uh, I'm going to copy a question I had last time. Uh, favorite drink at the turn if you're not doing well? A transfusion now. Yes. They, those let's are go. the best things ever. I, I love it. I judge the hell out of you for that. Okay. <laughs> so, so what's yours? I, I got to ask you now since – oh, I, let me guess Mead. It's me right here. Okay, okay, okay. Meat or whiskey. <laughs> uh, like I told, so, told him earlier, it depends on how bad I'm doing and if I want to turn it around or if I just don't care anymore. It's <laughs> a good mentality. It's definitely, a, you know. So, Donnie, I got to ask you a question. So, starting to play at John City Country Club, you know, with the amenities that they provide, do you, like, is it truly worth the amount that's, like, you're, you know, paying out there to play every every day it's not even a question the yeah. answer is yes especially like i will write this check over willingly every <laughs> single month there's not a question about it it's on auto draft auto charge um sign me up i'm paying it i absolutely i mean i love the course but the amenities the vibes held before this podcast i went out there and chipped just hit the uh, chipping range up for about 30 minutes and decided to slide on over here. You just can't beat that. Yeah. I absolutely love the Johnson City Country Club. Once I uh, get a big boy job, I think I'll uh, look into that. You oh, know, I uh, love that. I would love a broke college kid over here, you know. Kind of tough to swing, but um, Cade, based off of your intelligence level and the degree you're getting, I have a feeling you'll be able to afford this in the near future. I, yeah, I hope I so, because so. I have some expensive hobbies. Um, yeah. Someone you haven't played yet in the league, who do you want to play and beat? Give me a name. Jacob Long, 100%. Okay. I haven't played – you know, I hung out with him on the Georgia trip, but I have yet to play with him, and, like, me and him are pretty neck and neck with handicap. I think we're actually the yeah, same. Yeah, I, yeah. You, you guys skill level-wise are just right there with yeah, each other. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely – that's definitely, like, top tier who I want to play with the most as of now. Um, especially, I want to play with everyone eventually for sure. But um, Jacob Long is definitely, you know, since we're so neck and neck, I think it would be a good competition, you know, to walk out there and try to just go head to head. That'd be fun. Uh, for me, uh, you know, one of our new members this year, Ian Heron, one of the guys, uh, I actually was, uh, Ian, not trying to rub this in on you, but was able to play you and beat you uh, at the country club by one the other day. And that, um, for me, Ian can play. Like, Ian is a baller, very talented, very high golf IQ and to play someone like him and beat him. I just didn't like, honestly, dude, if you would have told me where I was a year ago that I could play someone like Ian and hold my own, I would have just been laughing at you. But my next one, um, will one of these days, I can't out hit you, <laughs> but I think I can outscore you on a good day. Yes. I think I can. I was going to say you. Yeah. I think it's going to well, happen. But yeah, you can beat t- me, Will. Like, you know I that you're going to beat don't me. Know. I don't know. The way you've been playing, hell. Uh, no, no, you have been lighting past. it up recently. I'm not, I'm, I don't think, I'm not going to lie. I don't think I'm as hot as you right lie. now. Yeah, but well, you're I pretty think, hot. <laughs> it, yeah, yeah, you're pretty hot, Donnie. <laughs> in, in, in both ways. <laughs> but oh another God. interesting match, I think, would be me teaming with Cade against there's a there's a stipulation so don't roll your eyes when i say this against hugh and brad in scottish slash selton style golf (laughs) kate we're somewhere we need to go take the dudes to play like where's a course that you're like man dude i'm kind of itching for this i think it'd be a lot of fun to get the dudes there they would enjoy it i think a dude's trip that would be awesome is pinehurst yeah with with the cradle like have a, a cradle round and then like maybe like two other rounds and like you know i don't know the numbers there's so many of yeah, them yeah but i think that would be an insane trip 
and especially at the cradle, barefoot golf is Can't just straight beat. vibes. Like yep. you can just play all day and like yep. you know just have a good time. You know, drink I, and you know I, just have a good one. I know you went out there with Hendrix uh, and, and played out there, mm-hmm. and then me and Fawn came and joined yeah. you guys, and we just I remember we just even had a great time just hanging just out hanging in the out. Deuce, yeah. which is like the restaurant off of Number Two, watching people take their approach shots and thin them over the back of the green. That was fun. <laughs> Uh, but that's great. We actually have our Southern Pines two-man championship coming up. We're not playing any of the Pinehurst courses, but the way we have it set up is just one round a day and the afternoon's open. So I'm sure some people are going to go oh, out and yeah. book some Thank rounds at the Pinehurst, cradle. Yeah. Go maybe. Dude, I'll say this. If you're just trying to get the Pinehurst vibe, uh, the only course I've actually played other than the cradle out there was Pinehurst number one. Played that with Justin Fawn. Uh, just a world-class experience. For sure. You're, you're going to love your time. It is. Will, where would you like oh. to see – maybe a so tournament or around i'm gonna step it up to like almost dreamland but um maybe i'm 2025 dudes invitate dudes invitational Payne's valley ozark national Missouri. Oh, yeah man <laughs> that'd be fire There's like we'll have to plan that out two oh, years yeah. in advance yeah payment plan or something yep. but yeah that that would be a dream dudes trip to Payne's valley and ozark national Mine for me is abandoned dunes. I oh, want to yeah. get out there, but that's that same concept of Payne's Valley. You're like, got to sign up like two years in advance for this yeah. trip and start saving. Because, yeah. uh, uh, fun fact, it's not <laughs> cheap. Yes. Who is the best golfer in the Dudes of Hazards? Mm-hmm. Well, score doesn't lie. I'm going to go with Brad for now. But I think Hugh has a lot of potential to to light it up just seeing him play i think he can really get low when he can like if, yep. he, if he's on i think he can he can beat anybody in the league but my answer for now is brad he's shown up to every tournament he's yep. won every single one so i i cannot you know pat doing oh in major tournaments exactly kind of hard to argue with that you know i can't argue with that you know so yep. um my answer is brad but i definitely think q can i think he's creeping somewhere you know Dude, he's, he's i in think the so I, I think I think, I mean, Brad's very, very good. But I wouldn't be surprised if Hugh's low end could maybe even be a little lower than Brad's low end. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, dude, like I said, he, he is the three-wood king, undisputed, cannot be argued. And if you do, you're just wrong. Will, who's the who's the best golfer in the league? Josh Vasquez. <laughs> I'm, I don't have to defend my statement. I'll stand by it. Josh. Yeah, Vasquez. he just said Josh Vasquez. Um, um, he's going to beat Donnie the next time they play. Absolutely, it's going to. He's going to have to break up the league. He's going to have to just barricade himself in his house. He's not going to get over it. Josh Vasquez takes it by eight strokes. Oh my god! Dis- disrespect <laughs> statement. All right, canceled. Disenrolling Lee or Will from all future league events. He's, he's gonna Amber Heard me. System. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. My dog uh, stepped on a bee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord. Well, guys, oh, thanks okay. for stepping in, Cade. Uh, we're wrapping this thing up. You got some social media people can follow you at. I know you're on Instagram. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. Let me look up my handle. I think it's <laughs> it's c.pope23 if anyone wants to shoot me a follow. Um, if it has any questions about the league, my personal experiences, I'm happy to answer them. Um, and that's pretty much all the social media I have. I'm not big on Facebook, anything like that. It's trash. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Will, you got any closing statements? Uh, no, I'm excited for this year. It's going to be great. Um, excited for the growth we're going to see in the dudes for this sure. year into the next few years. And uh, thank you, Donnie, for all you do. Uh, yeah, we man. all need to be really grateful. 
and uh, help you out in any way as possible. And fun as always, guys. As Hell always. yeah, man. Well, both of you, thanks for coming on. And as always, keep it classy, dudes. <laughs>